Welcome to the Weave Podcast. My name is Sarah Resnick, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner of the online weaving yarn shop, Just Yarn and Fiber. Before we get started with today's interview, I'm plotting something special for an upcoming podcast episode. I'm going to put together an episode answering some of your weaving questions, and I think I'm going to enlist the help of a few weavers to answer as many of those questions as we can in a future episode. So send them in. What stumps you about weaving? What are you struggling with? What have you always wanted to know but didn't know who to ask? Really, you can ask about anything. You can leave your questions as a comment on this week's show notes. You can email them to me at sarah at gistyarn.com. That's S-A-R-A-H at G-I-S-T-Y-A-R-N.com. Or you can share your question in our podcast Facebook group, which you can find and join at facebook.com slash groups slash weave hyphen podcast. Send them in. And without further ado, let's get started with the interview. I'm so excited to be welcoming Lindsay Campbell to the podcast today. She is a fiber artist and weaver extraordinaire living in Arizona, and she creates stunning and creative wall tapestries. Her work has been featured by Anthropology, and she's also the weaving teacher and community builder behind Hello Hydrangea. Lindsay, I'm so glad to be talking to you today. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Great. Can you start out by telling me a little bit about yourself and how you found your way to weaving? Yes. So I have been a crafty person my entire life. I've always loved making things with my hands. And I had an, a wonderful mother who supported that. She unschooled me, if you know what that means. So she kind of let me choose what I wanted to learn about in the world and what I wanted to study for a few years. And I think that... Um, that really propelled my passion for learning about art and history. And, and ever since then, I've loved, um, you know, learning about different ways to do different crafts. And weaving has just stuck with me. I just, I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> That's great. So did you, did you start out weaving when you were really little as part of the unschooling? Or how did you find your way to that specifically? No, I crocheted for a while. I learned how to crochet at a very young age. Um, and then one year after college, um, my husband and I moved to a new state where I didn't know anyone. I didn't have a job yet. I was in the middle of um, just kind of a, a buffer year for a few months. And I had all this yarn and I wanted to learn something new. And somehow I stumbled upon weaving on the internet and I just started like ravenously trying to teach myself as much as I could about it. What was the first kind of loom that you used? It was a picture frame. <laughs> nice. I think that's how a lot of people start just mm -hmm. wanting to learn. Yeah and did you teach yourself or did you find weavers to learn from? How did you learn? I couldn't find anyone around. I was in Houston, Texas at the time. Um, I did find one short YouTube video and it was very shaky and it wasn't completely centered on the loom by um, an older lady named Sandy. I still remember she was so sweet and she was teaching people how to do the very basic tabby weave. And so I just kind of took that and ran and started trying to 
find books and teach myself as much as I could. Okay. And what year was that? How long have you been weaving? That was about four or five years ago. And what is it that has inspired you to turn it into your career and your business? I just haven't stopped ever since that fateful, lonely month. Um, Every day, ever since then, I have continued to weave. And um, it's just, I think I started weaving and sharing my interest in weaving at the perfect time when um, I had just opened my, like, started an Instagram. And so um, it was... It was just amazing to see all of the other ways that I could share what I was doing finally because I didn't have an Instagram or anything like that before. Um, And so, yeah. (laughs) That's great. So can you describe what your weaving style is like and the kind of materials that you work with? I was thinking of describing it for the listeners and I figured you might do a better job than me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think that is kind of difficult. My husband asked me to do that same thing a while ago. And he was like, oh, it's so boho and hippie. And I was like, I don't really resonate with that um, very much. But I guess that it does have that kind of feel to it. It's kind of um, a wabi-sabi kind of weaving. I, I love to show the ends and the texture and the imperfections and use... Um, chunky yarn so that the warp shows through um so it's kind of it's kind of a collage of different materials and everything um I love using bold graphics I was a graphic designer before um I took up weaving and I love to use rope and macrame in my tapestries as well cool so tell me more about that what how did you start work as a graphic designer and how does that influence your work as a weaver? So in college, I um, was an advertising design major and um, I had a minor in fine art and I took a lot of graphic design classes and um, I taught myself, you know, Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, all of the um, important computer programs because I loved um, creating graphics and things on a computer and so after college I worked as a graphic designer for um, a scrapbook company for fashion company um, just did a lot of freelance work um, I've always enjoyed graphic design and so when I found weaving it was kind of a way to merge my love of crochet and fiber arts and also my love of like bold designs and big colors together. That's great. And what are the kinds of materials that you most love to work with when you're at your loom? Oh, I don't know. I I love all types. I I'm not a stickler for just using wool or anything. I'm always experimenting. I I love rope a lot and um yeah, sometimes I'll bring in different kinds of materials that maybe aren't the normal. I like to find vintage baubles to include in my weaving and just anything as long as I think I focus more on the color um, to, to include instead of only the materials. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I have a scrap bag 
And if you look at it, it's just like an explosion of thick and thin and hard and soft and bright and soft colors. So I'm not too picky. That's great. I always like to ask weavers that I meet when they first started to feel like they understood the techniques of weaving well enough and they could really like sit down and create what was in their head and what they wanted to happen. Do you have any memories of the first piece that you made that you felt really excited about and like you were having a mastery of what you were trying to accomplish? (laughs) That's such a good question. Um, I I think it was probably about a year into my weaving that um, and it, I kind of stumbled upon a technique that I felt was my own, kind of on accident, trying to recreate something else I had seen, and it transformed into something else. That I, was, I felt like I was in control and that um, it was unique to my style, and that's when it kind of clicked and I just like ran with it. But I think that um, for many beginners, um, they they need to copy other people's work and they need to learn by um, by trying to recreate what they see. And so I look back at my very first designs and I understand that they weren't they were just practicing and they weren't completely my style, but I still needed to practice and I still need to get my feet under me and so then finally I think it was about a year into weaving every day that it just kind of clicked and I I felt like this confidence hmm yeah that's a really great feeling to come across to feel like you you're developing your own style and and what you want to share with the world can you tell me about your business hello hydrangea and why you decided to start it (laughs) yeah So I actually started it back in 2011 as a personal, um, like, crafting blog because I wanted something to to give myself a deadline to finish projects, to continue to create create and experiment with different crafts um, outside of schoolwork and assignments. Um, And I would blog on Hello Hydrangea. pretty regularly for um, for like three or four years before I even found weaving. And so I know Hello Hydrangea doesn't have anything to do with weaving, but it kind of started long before weaving came into my life. And now it is a growing business personal project of mine. I teach um, weaving classes, online video classes. I sell weaving supplies, I have um, unique weaving looms, and I am starting to offer weaving kits for different yarns and different hoops and um, tools that I'm working on, and then my personal um, tapestries and home decor. So back at the beginning of this conversation, you mentioned that you still remember the name of the woman who had created the YouTube video that you were first learning from. Yes. What was it? Did that inspire you in some ways to create your own teaching? And why did you decide to dive into that? Yes. (laughs) Um, I think that I wanted to start teaching people because 
of my blog, I was sharing tutorials and sharing bits and pieces of what I was learning about weaving. And when I started, there were no teaching resources out there. I mean, there were some amazing fiber artists, but there was no way for me to really learn how to do it. And so I was getting a lot of questions from people who were reading my blog and who were asking questions and I loved helping them. And I just started making little videos to send them like, this is how you can do it. It's not that hard. I mean, you can learn about it in a book, but with something like weaving, it is so much easier to learn by actually watching someone do it in real time, not just the general techniques um, in pictures. So that turned into me sitting down one afternoon, sorry, one morning for an entire two days just filming myself weaving a complete uh, sampler from start to finish, from warping to hanging it up um, with all of the kind of techniques I thought would be basic for a beginner. and. Um, and then I didn't even sit down to edit that video until about a year later. I just kind of, I filmed it. I was like, I can take bits and pieces of this to send anyone who is interested. Maybe I'll post about it on my blog. But then a year ago, I was like, oh, I took that real, like a lot of videos t during those two days. And I keep getting questions. Maybe I should just turn it into some kind of class or something. I didn't really know what it was going to be or how successful it would be or how many people would be interested, but I was so glad that I had started that. And I wish that I had finished the project and followed through when I first filmed it. So what was the reaction when you released that first long video? It was, it was pretty good. I think that I was still trying to get the word out that, guys, I have a class. Like, it's not just a blog post. It's a class from start to finish. It's an ebook with 14 different videos and I think people were kind of like, it, it wasn't that um, well known to sell classes online yet and so people were kind of like, oh, okay, so what is it? And so it, it kind of took um, a few months for it to really gain traction as people with word of mouth and I released an intermediate techniques video and I remember the day that I entered or I released my intermediate class. I mean, I was just sitting there and like people were just grabbing both classes and so excited and it was just like blowing up. Like everyone was so excited that they could have the videos and the book and everything online so that no matter where they were or when they had time, they could sit down and finally learn how to weave. And so do you have students from all over the world that are, that are taking it from you? Oh yes, students um, all over. My favorite is that one. My favorite is from one of my students who um, has taken all of my classes, and then she replied to me, um, sent me an email later on, and said that after she took my classes, she taught herself how to weave, and now she's teaching classes to women in Nigeria and in her hometown. And I was like, I mean, that just touched me that someone from halfway across the world, learned something that I had to share, and now they are using it to share with their own community, with the women in their community. And so I just love getting messages and knowing that my classes are being seen around the world from people that I have 
no chance of ever meeting, but I still feel like I have a part in their weaving journey. Yeah, that really is so special. Do people send you pictures of, of what they create after they learn from you? Oh, yes. Yes, I have galleries of <laughs> pictures, and some people want to stick with the program. They want to stick with the exact technique, the exact sampler, sometimes even the same colors that I used, um, and then most people kind of want to pick and choose which techniques they're in interested in and kind of take it off and use their own creativity, and I love seeing both of them. What do you find most challenging about trying to teach these techniques? Um, I think that even through videos and even through someone being able to watch what I'm doing, um, sometimes they have their own questions and so I have to, I have to think about what it's like to be the student because I've done these techniques a million times and so sometimes I have to step back and say am I explaining this correctly um, am I zooming in on the right part of what my fingers are doing like what kind of questions would my students have if this is the first time they've seen the technique because some of my techniques are a little unconventional they're definitely my style and so I want them to be able to take that and make it their own style so I want to explain exactly how I'm doing it and why I'm doing it and that always takes a lot of time to try and put myself in their shoes yeah definitely so are you do you have new ideas of new classes in the works that you release regularly or do you already kind of have a set group of classes out there that people can choose what they want how does how does it grow um I kind of release classes just once I get um, a pool of questions that people have been a asking me reoccurring um, that I think, okay, I need to make a class about that. I have five classes already, which should tell you something about weaving. There are just so many different techniques to use because um, I never repeat the same technique in one of my classes, and each class has 10 to 14 different lessons. But um, I have a beginner's class, which is my most popular. I have the intermediate class, I have a class all about how to weave um, shapes. I have a class all about how to weave texture. And I have a weaving slash macrame kind of mix-up class that I just released. And I do have two more classes that I'm kind of muddling around in my brain right now trying to um, decide which techniques I should include and which techniques um, would really work in them. So I don't have like a release date for any classes. I just kind of um, work on them when I have time and when I get questions from people. That's great. So I see that in addition to offering classes, you also have looms that you create that it sounds like keep selling out. What is it that makes your looms so special? And how do you find the woodworkers who you're partnering with to create them? So when I first started to weave, when I was ready to move past a picture frame and get a loom, I searched high and low for a loom that had all of the features that I wanted. And I wanted a frame loom so I could do tapestry weaving. And I searched for like weeks trying to find the perfect loom. And finally, I went to my husband who is an amazing um, kind of woodworker in his own way. 
And he kind of drew up a plan and came up with a bunch of other ideas that I hadn't thought about. And um, so he made me my first bloom. And I got questions about it every time I would post a picture or a sneak peek or a whip about, like, where do you get that loom? What is What does it do? And so we started making looms in our garage to, like, send to people. And I did that for a few years, and they would always sell out within just a few days. And then um, I had this big move, and I became a first-time mom, and so I stopped offering looms. But I have started to offer them again because I found a woodworker who can take on that, um, take on the quantity that I need to make my looms. And he's much better at building wood products than I am. But the feature of the loom that people love is that the middle bar that you attach your warp to is adjustable. So that means you can adjust the warp tension while you are weaving. And especially with um, the modern tapestry weaving trend that's going on, people using chunkier yarns, people kind of packing those weaves with texture, your warp can get tight pretty fast. On regular frame looms, um, that means that it's going to be harder to continue to weave once your warp gets too tight. But with my looms, you can just go ahead and loosen that warp tension, or if you warped it too loose, you can tighten it. So you can continue to adjust the tension while you're weaving. And I think that's what makes it so unique and what people are really excited about. That's great. And do they come in a bunch of different sizes? What, what's your favorite size to work on? Right now, they only come in large, which is 24 by 36 inches. Um, but like I said, they're adjustable, so you can... Um, you can warp a lot smaller and you don't waste the warp string and everything. So I try to do them large enough that people can um, use them for the larger projects, but then the smaller projects are also perfect. That's great. So another thing I dug up about you as I was learning more about you and your work <laughs> is that you partnered with Anthropology to create a scarf, which is really cool. And I'm curious to know how that partnership developed. Yes, thank you. That was such a fun project from last year. Um, they originally reached out to me about wholesaling my tapestries, but I was not in the right place um, to take on that big order. And so it killed me, but I had to turn them down because I love anthropology. I've always admired their style and their business. I actually interned for them during college a few years ago. Um, so then they came back to me a few months ago and said, well, what if you design some products for us and then our design team will translate that into different products that we'll take to our manufacturer? And I was like, that's perfect. Of course, I would love to. And so I had two scarves this fall. Um, and then I also have designed a few home decor items for them that will come out fall 2018 as well. So what is it like designing for a large brand? What is the process like? Um, I don't know about other large brands, but for anthropology, I actually made them physical tapestries with um, the designs that I envisioned um, being in the products. And then I sent them those tapestries and their design team took over and translated them into the scarves. So 
it was a lot of fun to kind of work in it in that way because they would send me approvals um, and pictures and um, different samples so that I could see what was going on and how they were using my designs to design their own product. So it was really fun. Hmm, that's neat. Are there lots of, um, what's the word, kind of restrictions when you're creating something so that it can be created on a mass scale in a manufacturing process? Like, were there certain kinds of things that you could or couldn't include because it was something that needed to be made, I imagine, thousands of them? Um, not really, not with anthropology. Wow. I included hmm. um, sequins and different gold accents that were vintage that you can't find anymore and through the magic of their manufacturers they recreated it and still included it in my scarf designs that's great so what is it like walking into a store and seeing your scarf there oh my goodness it is surreal i actually i took a camera because i wanted to take a picture of my scarves in the window of anthropology um, because that is definitely a dream of mine. And the manager came up to me and said, I'm sorry, you can't take pictures in here. And I was like, no, but but that's my scarf. It's my name on the tag. <laughs> so it is it is really surreal. I mean, I, I couldn't stop smiling seeing it for the first time in their windows. It's, it's a wonderful moment that one of my favorites from my business. <laughs> that's really cool. And did you mention that you're working on something for them in the future, too? Is that what you had said? Yes. Um, I have another collection of home decor items this time. There will be a blanket and pillow and um, different items for their home decor that we'll be launching this fall. How cool. And what else is on the horizon for you in 2018? <gasps> um, I am working with a publisher that to have a weaving book that will be launching fall 2018 as well. It's kind of a conglomeration of all my classes plus extra techniques that I haven't taught anywhere. And so that was kind of an interesting um, project to take all of those techniques and try and translate them as clearly as possible into a book. So I really wanted this to be a reference guide that modern weavers could refer back to if they didn't have time to like watch my videos to just kind of flip the page and find the technique they needed. So that will be another teaching resource that I'm really excited to add to my um, collection. That's great. Well, Lindsay, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. That's a wrap. Go check out the show notes to see photos of Lindsay's work and links to her website and teaching videos. You can find them at www.gistyarn.com slash episode hyphen 11. That's G-I-S-T-Y-A-R-N dot com. And don't forget to share your weaving questions if you have one you'd like to be answered on a future episode. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking to Katherine Weber, the owner and artist behind the beloved hand-dyed warp yarn company Blazing Shuttles. Katherine has been a full-time weaver and dyer since the 1970s, and she has a gorgeous eye for color, creating deep, saturated colorways with unique combinations. You're going to want to tune in next Monday to hear that conversation, and until next time, happy weaving! Happy weaving!